Back to uh, articulate with Steve McChance. Um, this episode, I know I'm releasing it on like a weird time and day, but most people don't listen to it when it first comes out anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But I just did this one because it's more of a. I just wanted to get this one out. It felt kind of more like a therapy session. It's a little bit more serious, so if you're turned off by that, then turn it off. Anyways, that's all this is: music and emotion with just me, solely just me. And me. Enjoy. Alright guys, uh, you know, this is the first time in a while I've actually been kind of nervous for an episode. I, uh, I don't really know why. I just, I guess I don't have anything planned to really, like, a structure for this one, but it's just something that I think is really important to talk about and just kind of interesting to dive into. Um, so recently I have been, I mean, obviously everybody thinks about music all the time, it's on everywhere, on the radio, in the bars, in your heart, and uh, I don't know, I was listening to, well, and then Spotify Raps came out, and that got me really thinking about it too, and how, you know, I, my Spotify Raps is, uh, it's a little embarrassing, just because it's all of my bands from, they're just my bands, you know, they're like, it's like, I like to think about music as almost a sport because each band is almost like a like a team that you're rooting for and especially if you have the loyalty to them like I do it's like yes that was a good song that was a win and then like the album is a win if it's like critically successful or not you know re- received well that sort of thing and uh so the rap thing got me thinking about how like I do listen to the same five bands that I've listened to when I was in high school, when I was a sophomore in high school. But, I mean, I also listen to new music, okay? Like, I, that's important to get into, too. But I I just kind of want to defend, I don't know, just defend everybody's taste in music in general. People get really snobby pretty easily with music, and I just think that's unattractive and just not healthy. Uh, for anybody, and I think it's important to understand why. So for me, you know, I, again, I, like, I know that the thing is, I know they're not great bands, too. All right, so my top five bands, pretty much since I was, like, you know, since high school, have been Weezer, Arctic Monkeys, Blink-182, Bastille, and OK Go. And, I mean... Listen, again, I know they're not great bands. <laughs> like, I know that Weezer is just really fucking generic and kind of mindless music. And I know that Blink-182 is really angsty and kind of, I don't know, hormone-raged. And Bastille is very poppy. And, you know, you can find the flaws in all, in all these bands, except Arctic Monkeys. Arctic Monkeys is one of those bands that I'm really proud that I have known them. Well, I guess I didn't get into them until, like, AM. So AM was their big, like, their big hit album that pretty much everybody that listens to it loves. But I, after that came out, I got really into them and started looking into their old discography, and I I like that stuff a lot, too. Um, But I really just want to say that, you know, the fact that they are still my top to this day 
It's just because I'm a really loyal person, you know, I, and all of these bands are connected to these, you know, that when you grow up and you're going through that hormone wave as you turn, even like what, like 14 starts around 14, 14 through like 18. And, you, you know, we're still going through it. I'm 21 now. And I think I think your brain stops developing at like 27. I don't know about hormones and stuff. But yeah, so. When you're going through that that phase of where you're, you know, becoming, not becoming, but starting to mature a little bit and going through puberty and everything just seems a lot more impactful. I don't know. I've talked about this with uh, my friend Lucas all the time with Donnie Darko, how like, I don't know, we, we saw it in eighth grade and we just got really into it. And the thing with that movie is there's a whole mythology to it and it's very... There's so many avenues you can travel and lenses to look at it through. And, you know, as we watch it, as we get older, you know, it, it, we understand it's not like the best movie ever. But, it, you know, for favorite movies, it, it happened in, at a time. It, it came into our life at a time when it really spoke to us. And, I mean, that's a thing in itself, how you have to be able to, you know, when, when people ask you what your favorite artist is or your favorite movie, I don't think you should have to defend, like I said, like Weezer is my favorite, not because they're my the band that I like, that's the best band that I listen to. I, I know that, but they're my favorite because I have an emotional bond with them. Like, so my music taste has developed since I didn't really have um, any good taste in music. I just listen to pop music all the time. And, and even that's, uh, you know, nostalgic in itself. Like, uh, I don't know, say like Down by Jason Derulo. I have a very clear memory of being in like fifth or sixth grade music class. And everybody, it was like a Friday and everybody got to take turns and like bring a song in that we listened to. And broke down and my teacher was just like, oh, you got the little Wayne part down packed there, don't you? And I like knew all the words, but uh, Mr. Cummins, what a character. Um, but he, so, you know, there's that emotional connection, but I didn't really have anything going on uh, except, you know, I had my brother's taste in music too, which, I mean, he listens to country now, if that tells you anything. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. I, you know, you can't, you can't, everything's art is subjective, so. Um, but it does say something about the person, I'd say. But yeah, so I, I mean, I have, you know, even certain songs that remind me of him, you know, I have like Akon, any Akon song that comes up, it, it, you know, it's like cheesy a little bit, but it's fun and it reminds me of being home and kind of being in that safe space with my, with my whole family around and. I don't know. I, there's just a lot of there's a lot of songs, especially songs that my dad got into with us. Like he he loved Eminem for some reason. Like <laughs> without me was a big family song that we all listened to a lot. And uh, it's kind of funny to hear your like 50 year old dad rapping along to <laughs> doing an impression. <laughs> but yeah, he. So I mean, there's that, and then like I think. Again, as you start to hit that puberty age, the hormones start to come in and you start to try to figure out what you're attracted to and like your sexuality. I mean, for me, you know, I didn't really have to think about it, especially because I came up in a time, I think that was right around like, probably like 2012-ish, because that's when AM came out, but like, 
was in eighth grade, and uh, that, that was right before, I mean, there was a movement for the gay community and LGBTQ and everything, uh, ABCD, like, you know, you know, the alphabet, and uh, the alphabet people, and uh, yeah, I, I mean, I didn't have to, fit, I didn't really have to think about it, it was just more of a matter of like, okay, here's me going into this world of women, and I need to, you know, actually Big Mouth covers it really well, I mean... Big Mouth is not my favorite show, or even, you know, it's a good show, I, it's alright. Uh, it, it reaches a lot of audiences, which I appreciate about it, but, uh, and it's, it's got some good, anyways. Um, but, you know, it, it talks about it really well, how, how everybody starts, everybody else starts getting girlfriends and boyfriends, and you're just like, oh, shit, I gotta, I gotta hop on this train now? Like, you, it starts becoming like a game, or like a very prevalent uh, part in your life that, that you are constantly paying attention to and 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 I mean even through that that becomes I think there are you know I haven't completely figured it out but I think within each person's life there are um, certain parts to each person that you know you kind of grow like I don't know you have like a, a career side and then you have um, just a, a basic intelligence side, like a common sense sort of thing. And then there's like an emotional intelligence, you know? Oh, and there's also like spiritual, but, but there's this like emotional thing. And, and as you start hitting puberty, that's when the emotional part of you is like brand new. And it's kind of all those hormones, like it just starts going to your head. And, you know, I don't really know the science behind it, but I just remember back in the day, everything seeming leaving a much bigger impact on me than anything right now. And, and not to say that I'm not impacted just as much as I was back in the day by specific things, but I think it takes, I don't know, it takes a little more than it did back then. Like I said, if I had watched Donnie Darko today for the first time, you know, I probably would have had fun with it and thought it was a good movie, but it, it would not be nearly the same as it was back then. And so with music... You know, eighth grade was a time when I, you know, I finally started hanging out with girls or whatever, and kind of that emotional side started to develop. And and what came from that was me wanting to connect with these girls on uh, a different level, and and finding out what music they liked was important. You know, it seemed important to be like, okay, you listen to that, I would love to listen to that just so I could talk to you, basically, kind of thing. And, uh, yeah, that's where, especially, I mean, shout out to Olivia Mead and Emily Workman, I guess, uh, that, you know, you, you guys both showed me um, the Arctic Monkeys, which I really got into. Olivia actually was super into Blink-182 as well. And uh, so those, I mean, those those bands are really impactful. Like, they, they remind me a lot of that of that period. And, and... What, even more than just a nostalgic reminder of what that time period was, it was me finally developing a personality in a way that was unique and kind of like, this is my, this is my music, you know, like before it was just all the pop radio that everybody listens to or my dad's music or my brother's music or my sister's music, you know, my mom doesn't listen to music. She's deaf. Actually, she's, she listens to The Cure, but Anyways, not really. She listens. My mom's goofy. Yeah, so, I, I mean, this was my thing. This was my, even though I had gotten it from 
trying to get along with these girls. It became more than that because, you know, I, I listened to the albums that they told me to and the songs that they liked. But not only that, then I was like, you know, it was probably for the sake of connecting with the girls because I didn't know how deep they were in the band. But uh, but I also liked the music. So I was like, oh, this is pretty good. I could get into this and started listening to all of their albums, their older music, and kind of just getting into that. And then it starts to develop from doing it for a girl to relatability to your own life, I suppose. Like, Blink-182 has a lot of um, very emotional, teenage, angsty songs, like I said earlier. And, I mean, that was very relatable for me back in the day. Like, I, you know, I wasn't a terrible kid. I got good grades, if that means anything. But, but I mean, I also had... You know, we had phones growing up and depression, anxiety, and like fitting in. I wasn't the coolest kid at school or whatever. So you you, you got that all, all that stuff going on, and and all this music just seems to hit so perfectly, you know. And that's one thing about Blink One Eighty Two is people give me shit still for it. I mean, people don't give me shit anymore. I think a lot of people have come to understand that music is subjective. But I mean, a lot of people, I'd say, in their mind, have judgment about Blink One Eighty Two. Where, especially with their new music, as first of all, it's still angsty and kind of annoying and, you know, teenage-oriented, which is weird because these guys are like 40. And, I mean, and also, you know, it's not true to their old form. Um, but, I mean, still, you know, to a point, I was listening to Blame It On My Youth, which is on their new album, Nine, which I, again, not proud to admit it, but I love the album just because, like you can feel the emotion and it's almost like that's what I was going to say on on blaming on my youth I get the second hand like I whenever I listen to it with people I tell them like if this song came out when I was 16 years old like oh this would be my shit so hard cuz it like they they get this they they achieve this emotional state of like within you know the grittiness of their voice and within like the power chords behind it I don't know the power chords behind it that like just really strike a tone in your heart and you know at this point even though again it's not true to their older stuff it still reminds me it's like a secondhand type of emotion that I used to have back in the day when I was like 16 and I you know I, I really do I think it's important to keep that nostalgia alive within you, um, which is kind of a dangerous game just because, you know, you don't want to get caught in the nostalgia. That's, you know, that's another thing with music and, and kind of memories in general is like, you don't want to get caught stuck in either the good old days or times that you thought were the good old days when really, you know, like I'm, I'm fantasizing about this music right now, but in reality I was, yeah, I was a weird kid and I had a lot going on in my mind, you know, I was a little depressed and a little anxious and I had fun and all that and I, I did thoroughly, I think I thoroughly enjoyed high school, but, you know, there's just there's certain feelings, there's just certain emotions that you, and memories, I guess is really what it is that you you should definitely hold on to just because those are your roots and that's, you know, even though you're kind of, I don't know, especially as you get older and you mature, I think you develop a different person than who you were. I, I would hope you 
I try not to judge anybody after, you know, sophomore year of high school because that's when I changed a lot, really. Um, I just don't think you should judge anybody in high school. But, but you know, it's you, you become a different person, and, and that's the way it should be. But I think, again, it's, it's just really important to hold on to those roots and, and kind of remember them. Don't hold on to them, but view them from a distance and, and weigh that in with what other people are going through and what other people of other ages are going through. You know, if, if they feel any emotion that in-depth than the way they do and, and they feel so strongly about something there's probably a reason that they that they feel that way, you know, and whether it's a memory, an experience, a feeling, whatever it is. Yeah, so this this new Blink album just really captures that that feeling I used to have and you know, it's really fun to just kind of get into it and it's reminiscent of that growing emotional side and and it gets me looking forward into into developing my emotional my future emotional whatever what is that like your emotional intelligence i guess and uh yeah <clears throat> yeah <laughs> but yeah and it's like weezer is they are my top band and i unfortunately again got into into them for for a girl who actually had a boyfriend at the time but you know i, I was like <sighs> and she also made it so weird that like <laughs> she the way she she's like oh, i just love weezer and I was like, okay, so I gotta listen to Weezer, and then I look up, and this is even in what, like, 2014, and they still had like nine, ten albums out. Um, but I, so I went back to her, and I was like, so they have so much to listen to. What, you know, what do you like? What should I listen to? What, what's their best stuff? And she's like, I don't know. I just like it all. And I was like, ah, oh, shit. Here we go. So I downloaded the entire Weezer discography, all ten, eleven albums, and just. At first, I was like, all right, well, you know, I'll just listen, start to finish, pick out the songs that I like, and just kind of grab onto them. But, you know, you start, you know, especially with Weezer, it's like you listen, you're like, ah, this all just kind of sounds the same, like it's kind of bland. I mean, Blue Album obviously is amazing, which, you know, gets you interested in the sound, but... And then Pinkerton switches it up, really, and you're like, oh, this is really... At first, it's kind of like, how? Like, what is this and then they kind of go back to their old like boring self <laughs> and uh you know i it with with that when that starts to happen you know i you go through it and you pick out your favorite you're like okay you once you start finding one song in an album or, or two or three songs in an album that you're like wow this is like this is actually pretty interesting what they did here and like it hits me and strikes a, an emotional chord or even just like a, a thought-provoking idea in my mind that yeah I could listen to this again and then you know from there it just kind of developed into like all right well I mean if this if I found something in this then maybe I'm missing something in the other songs you know you, you go back and you re-listen to the you know the, you re-listen to the album and you're like, oh, okay. And you start to pick out the little things that, that make it unique and kind of the little things that that really, I mean, that turned you on to a single song in the first place, but then it turns you on to the whole band. And, you know, I have very, very specific memories with Weezer, especially, you know. Um, and that's the thing. And, th and then you start to, so going back to seeing these artists as like, 
teams, it's like I'm very, very loyal because I've gone through so many things with these artists. And it's kind of weird because they don't even know. But for me, it's uh, Mikey in, in um, Mikey Vasilitos in um, his the episode that he was on a while back, uh, financial finance economics and rule 34 or something. Uh, if you want to check it out, he talks about how like growing up TV shows are your friend <laughs> and, and it's true. And that really was like a, a, a new thought for me. It was, you know, it, it seems kind of very generic, but you think about it and like, I think anything that you develop an emotional connection with is kind of your friend. Like even right now, especially this is a tangent, but you know, your phone, I, that's your best friend that your phone is your best friend and you should all realize that it's kind of wild and and here's another thing a little hint treat her well because if ai takes over you know your phone <laughs> you don't want your you want your phone to be on your side <laughs> anyways um so yeah you start to develop like a connection with these artists and you know i have very specific memories with weezer especially from so from that beginning obviously is in depth me getting into it and then, like, you know, the the relationship with this girl that I had, and then the songs that we, that I found out that she liked within the discography, and I found out that she wasn't even as big as a, uh, of a fan as I thought. But you know, it's whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, it helped me out. But and then especially going through um, that emotional side, but also in high school, figuring out what society is. You 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 know, it's these songs are kind of your companions and like, oh, this is how they see it, or this is, you know, they're, they're singing, at least most bands, I think, try to sing relatable stuff. And I mean, that's what all artists are trying to do if they want to actually sell stuff, is they want to sell relatability, um, which is why I'm making this episode right now, the Inception. But, uh, you know, I, I think with Weezer, especially for me, I, I had this whole experience um, with juvenile detention, I, I'm going to get around to telling that story eventually. I just want to figure out the right way to do it. Uh, I think most of my listeners already kind of know what happened. And if not, I apologize. Uh, you know, you'll have to stay tuned because I it, it's a long story. And I, I told it a lot back in the day. And, you know, people always want to hear about the details. And I'm just kind of over talking. You know, I don't like to talk about the same thing that much. And uh, it's not that it was any, any that was like scarring or like I'm ashamed of it or anything. I just... I'm kind of tired of telling the same old, same old thing. So, uh, but yeah, you know, going through juvie, I was in there for three weeks and like the new Weezer white album had just come out. And that was a very big deal for me because, um, before Weezer had had a, they'd had a, you know, it's like a team. They'd had a, a, a good stint with their first three, but ever since then they'd never been revered as the same. Uh, Beverly Hills, which was in 2005, was their peak, and then they started falling off, kind of, and around 2010, it took a, a hiatus, and uh, 2014 is when they started coming back with uh, Everything Will Be Alright in the End, and you're like, oh, this is kind of a return to form type thing, and you're like, alright, your team's doing something right, it's starting to look like uh, look like they're going to have some wins here, and uh, they get some radio time to start, you know, people start chit-chatting chattering about them a little bit, and, uh, yeah, and then you have, you know, this, so that comes out, that's right when I was getting into them, and I actually saw them that year, and then two years, you know, so I've already had this dedication with this team, and the loyalty developed already, 
you know, two years go by and, and they, they come out with the White Album. And, and the White Album is is unlike, I mean, I don't want to get too ooey-gooey with the White Album because I really, I could talk about this album all night and I know that not that many people care. This is more, you know, I'm trying to talk about more of the um, the impact of music as opposed to the actual music that I listen to. Um, but, but, you know, it, it's very, very... I mean, for me, it's the album of the decade just because of, of that loyalty. But also, they they were they did really a really good job in meshing their old sound with newer techniques and trying out new stuff. And even like the deluxe version, they have like a synth song that almost sounds like Twenty One Pilots. But you know, it's 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 really it's really a really good album. And if you're even vaguely interested, I would definitely recommend checking it out. Um, but I, that album had just come out, and you know, it, again, you share that connection with people who 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 you know, other friends that listen to them, and even uh, Mr. Nash, a, a math teacher, throwing on their music while we're doing while we're doing math problems or whatever in, in class, and uh, you're like, wow, this is like this is like really good for them. This is a good thing that's happening for them, and it kind of makes you feel this is a good thing that's happening for you. And I remember I just talked to a uh, a really really pretty chick in a grade above me that you know she was interested and we went on a couple things or whatever but it was like damn like this is a good ass album like I'm kind of you know not peaking but like coming into my confidence a little bit and like things are just happening it feels right and then boom you go to <laughs> you make one tweet just one it just takes one tweet well two or three tweets but takes, you know, it takes Twitter, and then you're in juvie for three weeks, and on probation for six to eight months, and, uh, you know, while you're in juvie, you can't, you can't listen to music, you know, you listen to, oh, really, really shitty poppy country, oh, it was so bad, I can't believe that, oh, that just added to the entire hellness of the whole situation, but, um, that's, again, I'll, I'll, I'll have to talk about that at some point, um, but, you know, I, I, the White Album had just come out, and, like, in that moment, before all that happened, it's like, that's all I wanted to do was listen to that album just over and over again because, again, it was, like, a win for them, a win for me, a really good uh, growing experience together. And, and then I go to Juvie, and I can't listen to it. So I started just remembering all the words to, you know, to try to remember the track listing and then all the words to each song so I could just play it in my head. And I had it, I had it down pretty well, if you were wondering, so I wasn't, you know, missing out on that, on that much, but, uh, yeah, and, and so, you know, even, even in that sense, they, they helped me get through a, a tough time. They, they really helped me power through that, and, you know, that, you know, aside from the emotional, you know, hormone race, they also helped me develop in this, this box of the real world where you're just, you're in the real consequences, you know, this is like, you, you realize that you, you can't always say what you want, and you can't always do what you want, and, and the real world is, is, you're sur when you're in juvie or in jail or wherever, even, you know, if you want to think about it as you're at a job that you have to be at, you know, it's just you're constantly surrounded. As Aside from that comforting home life, you are pushed into this thing where you, where the world is in your face and you, you realize that it's not 
your world. It's you share it with other people and there are rules and and there are consequences. So, you know, it, this album really you know, I related to it in that way where I was doing where it I don't know, it's really hard to describe, but I, I think you kind of get the gist of what I'm I'm going for here. And uh yeah, and, and I mean even even uh, on another side note, I so Bastille, when I, they were actually one of the bands that I went, I went to look for new music by myself, and this was like one of the first times I had done this, and and without getting a recommendation from anybody, and uh, I went and found Bastille, and again, that's you know I'm kind of proud because it's like, yeah, I found this band on my own, and they're like, I don't know, his voice is really really soft to me. I, it's something about British people. It's really you know. Uh, I know I know a lot of their stuff sounds the same too, but again, you, you find different things and it, and it hits differently uh, throughout different experiences. And in Bastille especially, like, I got in trouble when I was a sophomore for uh, for uh, smoking weed, actually. I got big time caught <laughs> and, uh, you know, grounded for a month and whatever. And, you know, you have no phone, you get your phone taken away and you can't listen to music again. And then you don't realize how helpful that music is until you can't listen to it, and you know, I, I, I knew that Bastille was something I was into at that at that time. So I would get to school. You know, I had to ride the bus, but I would rush after the bus to get to class so I could get on the the school computer and just listen to one or two songs on on YouTube. You know, and that's again, that's something you go through with a band. That's something you go through with an artist. So that constantly reminds me. Any Bastille song constantly reminds me of. February in Mr. Back's room with, you know, a bunch of bozos and being in trouble and kind of having this fear of what's going to happen to me, what's going to happen to my friend uh, who got in trouble with me. And yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's something really, it's really magical that I, I think, I think everybody should take the time to develop that a little bit. I mean, even, like I said, you know, it, it may not hit you know, find a band that you're generally interested in, and it, and it may not hit immediately, but I think it's important to have a favorite band because they do help you go through certain events in your life and, and, and help you grow and, and help you think about things in a different way. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of, you know, that's my explanation for Weezer, Bastille, let's see, Blink-182, got that covered. Arctic Monkeys was with Blink, so, I mean... Again, I don't have to really defend that one because they make really good music, and I think most people can agree on that. Uh, and then OK Go was uh, was kind of later, and uh, I don't really have to defend OK Go either because they're kind of niche, you know. That not a lot of people will listen to them, but they are. I think their music is is really experimental and really good. And uh, yeah, I, I think. Oh man, yeah, I remember kind of uh, vibing out to a couple. Okay, go songs. Uh, senior year, and you know, senior year is very impactful for of high school because graduation into the real world type thing. But um, getting back to it, I, I think you know you should you should do this. You should go about your your relationships as well like that. Like you know, when I first came to to freshman year of of college, I, it's kind of like oh, I don't really have any friends here. I don't know people. Like I know. Some I know like five people from Lebanon, but other than that, it's like nobody really that not one of those <clears throat> people, you know, not one of your best friends, like not one of the the real conversation 
relatable, you guys have a lot of things in common type type people appeared in my life and I think it's just because, you know, you have to you have to take time. You need to take time to develop a relationship. You can't come to college and expect to just have a best friend already. Unless you go with your best friend, which is a, a whole different uh, ball game. But, you know, you have to be able... Now that I've been at school for three years, it's like... Yeah, some of these people here are still... You know, we may not share the same common interests um, or a lot of the, the same experiences. But, you know, we've been together for three years and... and you develop stories and you develop a, a chemistry and, and and it's just a new, you know, an, another foundation on top of that one you already have. It's another layer. And I think, you know, you should strive to, to make that layer wherever you go in, in the world and wherever you stay for uh, an extended period of time. But yeah, so I mean, there's there's all that connection to to music, you know, and the nostalgic look at it, but there's also got to be this forward, this forward look with music, you know, again, like I said at the beginning, you don't want to be able, you, you don't want to get stuck in, in the past and in those old songs, because they're good, and they do help you grow, and they remind you of who you were, and in fact, they, you know, they can still hit differently as you grow older and go into new situations, which is why, you know, again, I'm a very loyal person, not everybody's like this. Not everybody listens to the same bands. People listen to an album for a year or a season, and then they just never really come back to it. And which is kind of sad to me because it's like that. It's just like leaving an old friend behind. But you know, that's to each their own. If if uh, new music is is constantly what you need to to be happy or to to feel something when you listen to it, then that's fine too. And, and I'm sure at some point you'll be reminded of those songs and come back to it and get that secondhand thing that I was talking about earlier. But I think with uh, there has to be this forward movement with music as well, which is something I've come to realize a lot this year. Like, I recently have been really tired of my, of my own music. Like, because... You know, Spotify Wrapped came out, and it was my top 100 songs, and a lot of the songs were the songs that I've heard, like, so many, so many times, and it's like, man, I don't even want to listen to this playlist, really, and, it, or, like, I do, it's like, these are all my jams, but they just don't feel as good as they should, you know, not as, where the past years, the, the Spotify Wrapped, you're like, fuck yeah, I'm gonna listen to this for, like, at least three days, <laughs> over and over and over. Uh, so, I mean, something that I realized is, like, you have to make time to listen to that new music, and it's the same with relationship, you know, connecting it back and forth. It's You have to make time to listen to new music because, again, you get these new... It's something that I've been exploring a lot within creativity. You have to, you have to do different things in your life to, to spark new ideas and creative ideas. So, like... I talked about in my meditation episode about how, you you know, you take a, a different path to, to school or you, I don't know, you, you eat a different meal than you usually would. You try a new restaurant, you read a new book. It's like with new music, it's just things process through your the input of your brain and they they have to get into the output of, they, they it's the, the action and reaction, you know, you know. Things come into your face and your brain, and then you have to decide what to do with that information. And I think 
you know, it's filtered through a whole brain. What, what happened is, you know, with smaller animals with smaller brains is the input and the output is directly affected. Like a, an animal sees food, it goes and eats the food. That's the reaction, the action and the reaction. Uh, but with us, you know, our brains got bigger and there's this whole middle area that it has to go through before it reaches how it actually is going to take hold in your brain. And so you need to, you know, while new music may not hit, if it's something that is listenable that you can get into, then you just have to give it that time. You have to give it that 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 time to really develop and grow with you and and drop down that filter and go through different paths every time you listen to it again and just kind of hit new spots in the brain and stimulate different ideas and, and whatnot till it hits the output and, and settles. Uh, real quick, um, I'm about to wrap this episode up. I think I covered pretty much everything I wanted to talk about. Uh, a little more serious of an episode than I was hoping for, but you know, I'm a serious guy sometimes. Uh, but yeah, one more thing I, I, I recently heard about... Oh, I was listening to this podcast with Jonah Hill and Justin Long. My friend Lucas recommended it for me. It's actually Justin Long, a character from uh, Dodgeball. Uh, that's really what, what he's well known for. Uh, he started a podcast, and he has so many big names on his uh, podcast. He has a lot, of, a lot of cool people come on, and I just listened to this one with Jonah Hill. And what was interesting to me about that is that Jonah, you know, they were talking about the ups and downs of life, and and... It's funny because Jonah was talking about a tough time that he was going through and he, and he realized he was going through it low. And he, the way he said it, he's like, when you realize that, you know, stay in the present, talk to family, blah, 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 you know, the whole thing. And he like brushed it off. Like, it, like he was like, yeah, you just do this and this. And, and obviously that's what you do. And it was funny that it was so obvious to him that that's what you do is, is you stay in the present and then you talk to friends and family that that really get you I don't know it's just so it's kind of a, like a happy feeling for me like it's kind of a good thought to just be like oh it's just that that simple and I know I know it's not really that simple but that that's a very simple thing you can do to work around those lows it's just staying in the present like meditation per se I don't think that's the right use of per se but like meditation and then also talking to your family it's just it's just I mean, your family and your friends, you know? I don't know. It was just cool to hear somebody talk about it like that and kind of normalize it. Anyways, thanks for listening. Okay, bye.